You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. This is Mike, and this is 40 Going On 14. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and I found out that at Weight Watchers, it really doesn't go over well if you suggest you should make movies together as the fat pack. <laughs> I can't see why not. I'd watch that. Well, the good news, is, good news is you can outrun them. <laughs> mm. So if uh, you haven't discovered yet, even though our hint was really awful, this week we are go- doing uh, 40, uh, 40 going on 14. <laughs> that is the name of yeah, the show. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing Ocean's Eleven. And uh, we watched the original one with the Rat Pack. And we watched the new one with, did we ever determine what his Clooney's dra- clan? The Drat Clooney Pack. The Drat Pack with George Clooney and his buddies. The Klansmen? Wasn't that what we got? Yeah. <laughs> George Clooney and the Klansmen. Um, That's so wrong. <laughs> but... Uh, no, we've um we watched both those movies and we're getting together and uh, going to talk about that this week. But before then, we have got uh, our friends over at Musings of a Geek Network, which you'd like to talk about. Our friends out at uh, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks and Who the What Now and who else we got, Josh? Uh, there's the Arkham Social Hour and there's, of course, uh, Musings of a Geek itself. Um, lots of other shows. That was not prepared for questions. Nice. Et cetera, et cetera. The history of bad ideas. Oh yeah, yeah those how could I forget those well, guys? We, we, They're we, awesome. They are awesome in a very, very horrible way. They remind me of us, in a way. I feel sorry for them. Like oh. the Bizarro Us. Also, uh, yeah, we uh, heard a lot from the uh, Canadian folks at uh, Graphic Novice about our Wolverine episode. They seems they liked it. Oh, very good. And they know comics, so that's even better. We fooled them. Yes, womp, uh, they, they said that all the shots at Canada were somehow unfounded. I, I blamed Patrick in Texas. I blame yeah. Canada. Did we have any Canada shots? Yes, uh, something about a uh, Canadian superhero being an oxymoron or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I did say that. Uh, okay, I recall that now. But I didn't make fun. Of, I, I did not make any fun of Moosehead at all. The beer or the activity. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, just anyway, <laughs> gotta strap it onto an ottoman and just sprinkle some dust on it. You can fly away. With Feruza Bulk. Yes. I'm okay. I'm going to move on to voicemails. I have no <laughs> idea what we're talking about right now. What, why would you want to move on from this? This is gold. The this wheelers are coming, Mike. The oh. wheelers are coming. <laughs> so, uh, Nenemloss got a hold of someone's cell phone again. Yay. <laughs> so, but apparently not any Prozac, though. Yeah. He owns one. Well, it doesn't mean it's the same one he keeps calling from. I can't. I just see people taking it away from him all the time. <laughs> That's my guess, at least. So, hang on. Here we got a uh, call from Nenemloss. Hey, all guys. This listener. Um, just calling to say I'm disappointed in myself, personally, because I forgot to say butts to the front. <laughs> and then, Amos, I want to say from all of us to you, so are we. Yep. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that he actually called like an hour after you called him out. Really? Uh, <laughs> though he could not possibly have heard it at that point. It was like, you call him out on air and I just get this voicemail. I, I feel bad because I didn't say butts to the front. <laughs> And then I spoiled the joke earlier in the pre-show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So if you guys would like to join the 
Immortal Lemon Loss and Listener and all those other Lemon Lemon Loss? Lemon Loss. Legolas's cousin. Go, go to his yeah. lemon party. Yay! <laughs> no, no, nice. don't go there. No, don't go there. Yeah, oh. don't, don't look that up. Uh, so anyway, if uh, you would like to be on the show, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And it, also, if you decide that you want to give the who, uh, this weekend, uh, promo. The hoo-ha? The movie. The hoo-ha. Music. And TV. Uh, I'll make you into a promo. So I'll make Yay. you into the bumper. So unfortunately, the only person to do that so far has been Nikki from New Zealand, though. And we appreciate that. No, so, no listener tried one and it was very scary. <laughs> well, I don't think he was speaking English. He wasn't. That's what was scary about it. <laughs> you forgot Pat's from the South. People not speaking English terrify him. Yeah, this is America. You speak American. Also, if you'd like <laughs> to vote for us uh, and this... Uh, amazingly high-class episode we got going today. <laughs> yeah, we've taken on fat people, immigrants. <laughs> Anybody out there we haven't insulted yet? Email us. Don't, we'll get don't you worry, we'll list. get to you, yeah. you stupid Eskimos. All covered are welcome. Baking your pies. <laughs> well, go to podcastland.com and vote for us. Key in your email. They'll send you an email and says, "Are you, that says basically, are you a human being?" And you say yes, and we get a vote. Um, the the uh, gap has narrowed. We were like fifteen points above the uh, second place people, and now we're only like what, maybe ten, something like that. Yeah. So get out there, get out vote there. for us. Yes. Your mom, your dog, your uh, uh, ex boyfriend, and then you can have rough, angry. Stop there. Wait, Just, what? Yes, Stop there. Yes, yes. Oh, we want them to vote for us. <laughs> Rough, angry voting. And rough, angry voting. Yes. <laughs> and to Aunt Martha's knitting circle, screw you. I just want to make sure I called them out, too. Unless they're going to vote first, then yay. Yay, we love you. Vote twice. What are we going to win if we win that? Uh, honor. Yeah, we'll be featured on the Podcast Land website as the featured. Hello? As the featured podcast of the month. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did, did Josh just die in the Josh middle of that sentence? just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gone. Oh, like, he's that lost. meeting circle got Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man, they suck. Curse you, knitting circle. All right. Hey, everybody, this is Mike. I am uh, just stepping in here right now while Josh is taking a moment to himself and uh, to tell you about Blueberry. That is dot com, and uh, they are a podcasting hosting site. Now, it's very easy to produce a podcast with the combination of WordPress, PowerPress, and Blueberry hosting. The three of them together make it really easy to uh, create your own website with uh, podcasts. And uh, nice things about it is there's no third-party sites to log on to. You've got Blueberry, you've got your WordPress site, and those two integrate together, and you can get your uh, posts up right away. That's what we use here. You never have to leave your own website. You have your own RSS feed, and uh, they do things like optimize the uh, the feed for uh, iTunes. You also have a whole bunch of different ways people get in a hold of your stuff, which is uh, including Roku, Boxy, Samsung TV, uh, Android applications, and that sort of thing. So uh, if you want to try it out, you can get one month free if you go to Blueberry.com. And when you uh, check out, put in 40GO14, 40GO14, and uh, you'll get one month free on uh, Blueberry Hosting. Definitely give it a try. It's a lot of cool stuff, and they do some sweet things for you there. All right, back to the show. So, yeah, if you uh, vote for us on Podcast Land, we will become the featured podcast of the month. And uh, we'll be up on their page for the uh, rest of that month so a whole bunch of new folks and fans can find us. And then they can call in and talk Spanish to us in weird emails and voicemails. 
we we need new stalkers. We want to keep the ones we have, but we want to add to the stable. We need a yes. cadre of stalkers. Please. Speaking <laughs> of stalkers, I miss Charlie. Yeah, what the hell? Where's Charlie? Yeah. I'm trying to summon him from the depths. <laughs> and Scott hasn't called in in a while. <clears throat> you get Charlie, you got to like shave a yak. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means either. And I said it. So. With a straight razor. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my clippers? Screw the clippers. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we should I probably. I think it's about that time. It is about that time. Oh, boy. Bye, Joel. <laughs> this weekend. Music. Movies. And TV. It's not the same without Josh. No offense, Nikki. I love you, but I just think I that, that music suits Nikki so well. It yeah, does. and that it, was perfect. Yeah, kind of nineteen sixties anyway, which is where we're going with this. Yes, this yes. weekend is when Patrick nineteen sixty, the release of the first Ocean's Eleven. Mm. So I went with the week of September eighteenth. Awesome. So music, Chubby Checker. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a punctuation mark there. I, I, know. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like waiting for him to continue. <laughs> I was just, I'm just imagining this checkerboard with his really fat checker on it. <laughs> and it's like, no, he's just husky. Well, you know, he he was actually because he was a novelty, and, but he was supposed to be the answer to the to Fats Domino, and so they made Chubby Checker. Like, ah, oh, you know, yeah. I never put that together. Yeah, I thought that was. I, I thought I was. Yeah, anyway, no, you didn't. that's anyway, terrible. Go, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. All right, so anyway, Chubby Checker just graduated from high school in Philadelphia uh, with As the Twist becomes a number one song over the summer, knocking off It's Now or Never and the by EP. Electric Penis. <laughs> <laughs> woogie, woogie, woogie. I thought you were going to go Electric Pudding. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, Elvis Presley. Oh. So there's that. Yep, there All right. you go. Movies, Little Shop of Horrors is the number one movie in the land. And backing that up, Psycho was released last week. That was a weird, weird time in 1960. <laughs> you ever see the original Little Shop of Horrors? Yes, and it's amazing. With Jack Nicholson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. very, very different from the oh, Rick yes. Moranis vehicle, which, Not- I mean, they're. V- I like both movies. I think I kind of prefer the musical. I do, too. I like the musical. It's a lot more fun. This one was just, like, disturbing. Creepy, I, yes. I was so angry my senior year of high school when they canceled the musical because it was... Like the opportunity for me to actually play the lead role instead of the fat guy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Instead of like the best friend or whatever, like I could actually have played Seymour and they just decided we weren't going to do Little Shop Horrors. What happens if the lead guy was a fat guy? That'd be fine. That's just typically a uh, lead guy is your romantic interest or whatever. I, but it was my senior year. I had the opportunity, like I'd been in the drama program long enough that I could reasonably expect a lead if it fit me at all. And that was the one I thought I, I could have knocked out of the park. What did they and do then we inst- didn't do the show. What did they do instead? You know, I think we ended up doing a murder mystery and I, I did get cast as the murderer. So, but that still, I wanted well, to be seen more. There's typecasting for you. <laughs> yeah. You're and right. when they cast as the fat murderer, yes, I murdered a bunch of cheeseburgers. Can we move on? <laughs> and and <laughs> at the very end, when they're finally figuring out who was the murderer, Josh went, "Feed me, Seymour." <laughs> okay, so Just TV to make himself feel better. There's a television oh. set in 88 of every 100 homes in 1960. I just were thought that def- was an interesting fact. And now, were they definition? 
yes, they were definitely TVs. They were they were low definition. Lassie, no, they were just definition. They didn't have high def. So yes, Lassie was a top dog, and NBC cancels HD after 13 years. A high definition. See, they cancel it, so it's just definition. Um, <laughs> I don't even. I, I, I know. Happy dickhead. <laughs> that was on cable, dude. Wrong, no, sorry, wrong. it was HBO. Nineteen sixties HBO. You guys don't even try to like come up with the real answer anymore. You it's just try to come up with duty. I actually got stuck on this one because I was like trying to figure out what it really was before I was going to make something up. <laughs> howdy duty. All right. Oh. Yeah. Howdy duty. It's howdy do. Patrick remembers that he was thirteen. Yep. Shut up. I thought of Happy Days first, but it was too early for Happy Days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's oh, Happy Dicka time. <laughs> In your... Never mind. It was a different time back then. Replacing <laughs> you with the Sherry Lewis show. Now, see, if you put, if you had put TSLS, we would have, we would have no idea what that was. I, I figure, well, I, I figure, I, I don't try to like completely stump you guys. I just do it on stuff that I think could possibly be obvious or funny. Okay. So they replaced it with Sherry Lewis and that lamb chop sockhead. <laughs> so I think I know where Patrick stands on lamb chop. <laughs> I hate lamb chop. You're just jealous because she made a career out of a stupid puppet and you couldn't. She made a career out of a sock and, and a couple buttons. And what have you done? And she's not even a good ventriloquist. They just don't even show her when Lamb Chop is talking. Yeah. crap. Now, Topo Gijo. That's the <laughs> shit right Gijo. there. Topo Gijo. <laughs> also, Sarai. shut the door. King Leonardo and his short subjects replaced Rough and Ready on Saturday. What the hell were they watching on Saturday mornings? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what those shows are, but that was such a fun sentence. I had to leave it in. <laughs> King Leonardo and his short subjects and Rough and Ready. It's a precursor to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know. It sounds like <laughs> something you'd sit down with a big bowl of sugar cereal and a bottle of lube. What are you doing with your cereal, Mike? <laughs> how do you yeah. eat it? Oh, you're talking about rough and ready. I was like, how are you <laughs> lubing with King Leonardo and his short subjects? Stay soggy in milk. <laughs> He's imagining DiCaprio with a crown on, just jamming cereal up his ass. I'm the Wiz. Wow, this got weird. <laughs> okay. I'm the Wiz. So... I'm I'm concerned because sport is as long as the last three hit are total. So there's a lot of words uh, in this. There was there was just a story in here that I just could not edit. I just tried. I was going okay. to, but it was just too good to okay. edit. On September 15th, 1960, the eight team eight team American Football League rival to the NFL. What do you think, Josh? What is that? Yeah, I, I was new, thinking about bread. New fris <laughs> new frisbee league. <laughs> what? Oh, what what the NFL is? Yeah. National Football League. Come on, you know okay, that. I know that. All right. The <laughs> AFL consists of the Boston Patriots, Buffalo Bills, the Oilers, the tight New York Titans, Dallas Texans. Oh, that's an original. Yeah. Denver Broncos, Los Angeles Chargers. Also. Los Angeles? Angeles. <laughs> also, Amos Alonzo Stagg retires from coaching football after a career that started in 1890. <laughs> Is that real? For the that's past real. 70 years, I have been a coach, he said. At the age of 98, years it seems like a good time to stop and then completely drop dead <laughs> i was gonna say just stop coaching or just stop and then he blew away in a cloud and then of the, this, this little description of his career is just great so i had to put it in there wow so after two years at springfield college stag became the first head coach of the university of chicago football team and remained there for 41 seasons Forced to leave at age 70, he then guided the College of the Pacific for 13 years. At 85, he became an assistant to his son, the head coach at Susquehanna College, and then volunteered as an assistant to Stockton College in California. <laughs> oh, my God. The man coached for 70 years. 
I can't think of anything I've done for 70 years. I don't oh, think of no? anything I want to do for 70 years. I, can think I, don't even wanna, I don't even want to live for 70 years. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Was that too dark? Was that what? No, that was funny. Okay. Yeah, so right. that was this weekend. We need a closer. We need a closing bumper. Just saying. That was this weekend. All right. We got that now. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, don't oh. you dare. <laughs> so <clears throat> now we're going to take the Wayback Machine back to 1960. <laughs> and uh, the professor. Here we are. Danny Ocean. Ocean's Eleven, 1960. Danny Ocean gathers a group of his World War II compatriots to pull off the ultimate Las Vegas heist. Together, his, the 11 friends plan to rob five Las Vegas casinos in one night. One night. How will they ever do it? With nothing but electrical wires and spray paint. And screen, and a, and screen doors to block And them. a garbage truck. <laughs> anyway, this is directed by Lewis Milestone, who also did All Quiet on the Western Front and Mutiny on the Bounty. And, uh... Yeah, so let's get, what do you want, do you guys want to, where the, oh my god, what happened to my cast list? Uh, well, it was 68 <clears throat> pages, so I think you deleted it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, There's a bit of a glitch in the cast list, if I recall. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> For some reason, the cast list went from every, 11 people to 70 pages. Uh, every person in the cast got two pages somehow, and it was just their name. Yeah, I, yeah, I logged on to the show notes. I was like, how the hell is this 72 pages? Is this going to be like a nine-hour show? He had the font size up to 83 or something, 84. One letter a page. So anyway, it was Frank Sinatra as Danny Ocean, and the rest of the crew was there was Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, Angela Dickinson, Richard Conti. Joey Bishop. Cesar Mr. Romero. Roper. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Patrice Wymore? Who's that? Oh, that's the uh, the one who threw the dish at him. Uh, Joey Bishop and uh, Akeem Taroff. Temeroff. Don't forget special guest star Red Skelton. And Red Skelton. Yeah. And Henry Silva. Yeah, Red Skelton was actually a friend of my family's. No what? joke. Yeah. What? Seriously? Yep. Yeah, what my like? on my uh I want to say like my grandmother's like brothers and sisters side. It was a friend of the family. Interesting. It would took me all the control in the world not to say did him after you said my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> but Apparently at the same time, all. you guys have met my grandmother, and entirely plausible. Anyway, so <laughs> let's let's uh. So the first thing I noticed <clears throat> in, during the opening credits was in, in the credits it says you know songs by, and then two names that basically are not Frank Sinatra. Like, why would you not use Frank Sinatra to write your songs if you have him in your cast? To People do it with Will Smith. Why wouldn't you do it with Frank Sinatra? Sure. To be fair, of the musical numbers in this, and there, there were multiple, uh, one of the great all-time Las Vegas songs was featured. I mean, Ain't That a Kick in the Head by Dean Martin. Yeah. Oh, I really was hoping you weren't going to say the Sammy Davis Jr. song. No, of oh, course not. I don't want to yeah. get started on that one yet. Oh, I, I texted you guys when I was watching this, and Las Vegas was really cute back then. It <laughs> yeah, was like everything a, looked like a bowling alley. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> that's a casino? Wow, they have rug on the wall. <laughs> It, it looks like a set for a movie. Yeah. No, I probably... You know, okay, so one of the things I read about this when I was uh, going over all the info is that while they were in Vegas shooting this, they were all doing shows at the same time. So they would get up, shoot scenes for the movie in the daytime, go back to go to the different uh, hotels that they were at, do their shows, finish out, and then do the nighttime shots at night and then go to bed and start all over the next day. And then, and then they'd get every every single night they'd be out till like four or five in the morning just get completely shit faced. Oh yeah, with um, oh, what's her name leaning on the car? Oh. Shirley McLean. Shirley McLean. Yeah, yeah. She was quite a little hottie back then. Yeah. 
So, but anyway, some uh, trivia on this one. Uh, Peter Lawford. Now, here we have some conflicting things. One was on IMDb, and one was on Wikipedia. So, Peter Lawford was first told of the basic story by the film by director Gilbert Kay, who had heard the idea from a gas station attendant. And Lawford eventually bought the rights in 1958, imagining William Holden in the lead, which I could see. Then the other thing says is that writer Jack Golden Russell was a gas station attendant in Vegas who then handed this script to Sinatra while he was filling his car. So With gasoline. Gasoline. Through the window. So what is not up for debate is he was definitely a gas station attendant. There was a gas station attendant involved in this at one point or another. Either that mm. or he was a terrier. <laughs> Regular, unleaded, or a script. So, so if either one of these guys had been like bicycle guys, then this movie never would have been made. I really can't see Sinatra being a ba- uh, bicycle being guy. Being a what? <laughs> a bicycle guy. A bike. A bike. You get Susquehanna <laughs> College and you mess up bicycle? <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> so uh, some more trivia. In the scene between Danny, Frank Sinatra, and Adele, Patrice Wymore, Adele throws a dish of candy at Danny. Uh, that was completely ad-libbed, which explains the look of shock on Sinatra's face after it shatters on the wall. Which you can actually tell, if you're paying attention, the look on his face was like, straight up that bitch threw a dish at me. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you going to say cut? <laughs> yeah. You can uh, contrast this in a lot of ways with the other uh, heist movie we watched from the 60s and did yes. a show on, uh, The Italian Job. What's interesting in this one is it took a really long time to even get to the uh, planning of the heist itself. But that's because whereas the characters in The Italian Job were almost completely interchangeable aside from one or two, they actually spent like a good five to seven minutes showing each character in their own little vignette so you at least could like piece out who was who which um, i thought was really cool it kind of gave you a you almost got a reason from each and every one of them why they were doing it just a I, little bit i mean not a lot not a whole like a whole groundbreaking oh my god this is what's going on type thing but just a little bit it, it was like the first hour of the movie was them talking about how they were going to spend the money there was a, a brief moment of you know we've got a plan then the plan consisted of a of a novelty map that had pictures of the five hotels on the strip and then they said <laughs> okay here's the plan and the next thing you know i love when the one guy goes is this the only road out of town i'm like you're looking at a napkin <laughs> <laughs> That's not a map. When he throws that, when he throws that napkin map down, I just wanted, I, I wanted him to look around and be like, "All right, this isn't the scale, <laughs> <laughs> right?" Like this is our official map, though, because I mean that's the way they treated it. They're they're all like, so you're saying we're gonna get the palm, the sand, the, and they're pointing to each one on the napkin. I'm like, you don't need the napkin just to list them off. <laughs> And the map also changed colors, too. It was a magic map. Well, and I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on because they kept spraying the doors. And I, I I was like, did I miss a plot point somewhere? Because they're like looking around, spraying the doors. And, and the thing that got me the most and made me giggle every time was I'm like, nothing says high security like wood paneling. Sure. <laughs> nothing says high security like a doors. screen door. I know. <laughs> Well, uh, maybe you did miss the plot point because they had a whole little scene with Sammy Davis Jr. when he was talking about how the paint worked and putting it on his shoes. And it's like, oh, we can't see any of this. It's like here. They were standing right outside outside of one of the garbage trucks when they were talking about it. He was talking to Henry Silva on that one. Yeah, we couldn't. And they made some weird comment about midnight. 
This will be a lot of help at midnight. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> there were a lot of weird comments. Like, like, how about the? Is it the big casino when he's at the? Like, like that's his code for cancer. Is it the big casino? Yeah, right. that's the big C. That yeah. was like, slang for cancer back right. in the day. So, or, or how about the other line that really got me? It was like, um, I didn't even get that at all. Right after the heist, when he's talking, the one guy is talking to the um the media people, and he's talking, and, and it sounds like a completely racist line where he's like, some of the others don't belong together. He's like to making sure, like make sure to interview the old couples. Some of the others don't belong together. Like, oh, is, well, is he- yeah. Cause that's couples cheat. Yeah. That's what he was saying is this is kind of a, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like if you get the old couple, they're probably not cheating on their spouse. Okay. With whoever they're with. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. I, I no. thought he was trying to say that, you know, Interracial. I thought they were just making a statement on interracial marriage. I'm like, Jesus. Now, since Patrick surprisingly brought up racism, <laughs> in the trivia, ready for this one, Pat? You're going to love this one. According to Frank Sinatra Jr. on the DVD commentary, Sammy Davis Jr. was forced to stay at a colored-only hotel during the filming because Las Vegas would not allow blacks to stay at the major hotels despite him being there with Sinatra and Dino. At the and uh, the others at the sand the Sands Hotel would not let him in. Well, that's nothing new though. They well, used to make him stay, you know, in in other hotels when he was performing there. Well, but here's the thing, though, <laughs> he was only allowed to stay at the major hotels after Sinatra confronted the casino owners on his behalf, and therefore breaking Vegas's unofficial color barrier. So Sinatra confronted the casino owners. I wish I could have seen that. Be a fly on the wall for that conversation. <laughs> I mean, just think about it, though. Yeah, that, they're not going to say no at that point. And and just because I need to bring it up, Sinatra didn't write his own song, so that's why he wasn't given a credit. Most singers back in that day, actually, until the Beatles happened, didn't write their own songs. Yeah. And then uh, the other big trivia that I found was that most of the interactions between the major characters were ad-libbed. Really? That explains a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had so much fun doing this. Uh, and a lot of times there was a plot, but their individual interactions were like, okay, we kind of know what our character's about. We're just going to riff off each other for a little bit. Yeah. The problem with that was, is back with, especially like Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin, all them talking to each other, it seemed like you were listening to a conversation where there are a lot of in jokes going on, but you didn't get them. That's the feel I got from that. Well, and that's exactly what happened in like the the as we'll talk about later, the Ocean's Twelve and Ocean's Thirteen. It was all inside jokes and things like that. So they definitely took that vibe from this movie. So, but uh, I have to say, like you said, Joel, security back then, man, lax. The their entire <laughs> electrical room is in a shed outside of the casino and protected by a locked screen door. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Is the moral of this movie is it was much easier to be a criminal in the sixties. Oh yeah. Well, and here's <laughs> here's the thing though. I the the screen door thing. One one thing I thought about was the casino is probably owned by the mob. Okay. You go ahead. You walk past that screen door, man. You see what happens. I, mean, I guess unless you're, you know, unless you're one of the Rat Pack, unless you're one of the the eleven. But no, no. The, the problem, the problem with that <laughs> logic is they're not gonna take. They're not gonna go after the guy who cut the power. They're gonna go after the guy who's in charge of the casino who let the power get cut. <laughs> so uh, the guy in charge of the casino should make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, and which means don't put a screen door on your electrical At, room. Exactly, and also, also, I loved the roadblock scene. 
They're like, oh, you're just in a giant garbage truck. No way anything could be hidden in there. Go on. <laughs> go about your way. Yeah. Let me search this tiny little sedan behind you. <laughs> this sedan with two people in it. That's got to yeah. be hiding all that cash. Nothing could possibly be hidden in this garbage truck. Go to on. To be fair, if they tried to search the garbage truck, they probably wouldn't have found the money and they just would have gotten garbage all over their hands. Oh, yeah. Because it 100%. was legitimately in a huge pile, a truck full of garbage. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, didn't even make the slightest effort. <laughs> well, no way could this be the vehicle they're using to get away. It was one of those colored garbage trucks, too. So, <laughs> but uh, no, they did you know another another trivia? They had to put blocks on the gas pedals so Sammy Davis Jr. could drive it. <laughs> yeah, he was a little guy. Yeah, uh, uh, too too bad they couldn't put blocks on his talent to lift that up. Oh, I loved how he referenced his uh, his glass eye though in one of his early scenes. Yeah. He's like the one-eyed, one-eyed something can't do something, babe. I'm like, what? What was that, was that your Sammy Davis Jr.? It, it was, it was Cat, my Sammy Davis Jr., babe. That's That's Davis you might have Jr. watched Jr. a different movie than we watched. That's man. like Sammy Davis the third. Is what that <laughs> was. He having a stroke? It's like, no, it's like Sammy Davis Jr. in thirty-three and a third. Um, <laughs> shut up. It's like if Cher, <laughs> it's like if Cher ate Sammy Davis Jr. and then took a bunch of like. Valium? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm going to start tallying off every time I have to say, how the hell did we get here in this show? This I, is... I got you, Brian. <laughs> did anybody, by the way, just a quick throwaway, did anybody find it odd that he pronounced abacus abacus? I did notice that. Yeah, but I mean, to be <clears throat> fair, he it was a army guy who just got out of prison. I'm not sure that you could reasonably expect him to know how to pronounce the word. <laughs> it was weird, but like, it was weird in a way that made sense to me. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. Kind of let's just see the character. Yeah, he wouldn't know how to say that. This is but I mean, he, I, it, I, would, I would think he wouldn't even know the word if he couldn't even pronounce it. Well, his kid probably told him. That's why he spelled, said it wrong. That's an abacus. <laughs> sure it is, son. Sure yeah, okay. it is. <laughs> so what did you think about the heist, the concept alone of the heist? Now, Pat, I, how many of us have actually been to Vegas? I have no desire to go. So I've I, been. Okay. Josh, awesome. had. I've never I've been. I've been there a couple times. So Yeah, I was going to say, I went every year for, I don't know, seven of the nine years I uh, worked at Hobbytown. So. And I basically said, I go to Vegas all the time on vacation. Why don't I move there so I can start going somewhere else on vacation? So I moved there and still just never went anywhere else. I just stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> on vacation. Yeah, until I had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Until they forced you to so, leave. I've been to Vegas way too many times. I lived there and have been there at least twice. <laughs> way too many times. At least twice. That's as high as, as high as it can count right now. So, uh, <laughs> what do you think of one hand look, and then two hands? That's as far as I can go. Yeah. Looking at old Vegas compared to being there sometime in the last year. I mean, the last 10 years. It was so quaint back in the day. There was nothing there, man. <laughs> it's like when they showed the strip. I'm like, that's like where that's like Barney Griffith. Well, I mean, it was <clears throat> that was back in the time. Wait, like, who? Literally, shut up, Barney Joel. Griffith. <laughs> Who's Barney Griffith? <laughs> it's Andy Fife's brother. <laughs> that makes two shows in a row where I've done that to myself. <laughs> oh, Andy, I've only got one microphone. Now, that, what the heck? that was like Jimmy Stewart if he ate. <laughs> If he ate Don Knotts. What's up with your impressions tonight? God, I have Andy Griffith and Don Knotts in my head right now. We have derailed. <laughs> okay, so anyway, back to the sh- back to the movie. So yeah, that was back in the time when like you could stand on the strip and still see desert. You know, I mean, all, if you stand on the strip now, all you see is concrete, steel, neon, and and glass and hookers. 
Yes, and people passing out pamphlets for hookers. Yes. Hmm. There's a lot of hookers in Vegas. <laughs> Just in case you missed it, hookers. And apparently terrible burlesques that you get beat up at if you make comments to the women. Well, I just think that... Yeah, that was a little bit of escalation in that scene, I think. (laughs) Hey, baby, I think you're hot. Smack. Wait, what? You do realize what we do here. (laughs) Exactly. You do realize your wife is a stripper, right? In which case, why would... uh, Anyway, so I... Let's go with that. What's calling somebody honey face? Yeah, that was weird. Honey face. That's a strange... They've got some some sort of condition that that, causes them to drip thick, viscous fluid. All right, you can stop. That's, that's not something you look for in a stripper. Uh, hey, so honey if face. You've got a honey face and a butter face. It just sounds delicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just walk in with a bunch of biscuits in your set. <laughs> Ew. So what about the heist? Plausible? <laughs> I don't... I you keep trying to get us back on I track. keep trying to get you to talk about the damn movie. The, the heist was just... Honey biscuit hookers. <laughs> <laughs> it was so like just there's your band name <laughs> i mean compared to the italian job it just was pitiful honestly well it's it's like it's it's a heist that was thought up by a guy who works at a gas station <laughs> you know what you could do <sighs> I so this is you... the heist that was thought up by the yeah. by the, the greek tycoon who was played by an absolutely horrible actor you get magic paint you put a guy a bunch of guys that are all in an army unit together and then they rob the place in a garbage truck. That's the other thing. We've all fought in the war together. I'm getting us back together. What are we going to do? We're going to go rob a bunch of casinos. Well, to be fair, they had experience working together, stealing a bunch of gold in Iraq, and they just didn't get to keep it. Well, they didn't yeah. get to. They, wait, are we calling spoilers, by the way? For a thing in 1960? We're not yeah, even a 52-year-old movie or 54-year-old movie gets gets no spoilers. Okay, then in that case, they didn't get to keep the money in here either. That's true. Yeah. I, yeah. To be fair, <clears throat> I actually really liked the ending. Like all the way through, this movie entertained the hell out of me. Like I liked the pacing. I thought that the scenes, with maybe the exception of Sammy Davis Jr.'s uh, musical number, was a little strange. I skip through that every single time I watch this movie. Um, but you know, I I thought that the interplay between the various characters was cool. I thought the heist itself was neat, if a little implausible. I mean, sure, the lights go out. Fine. Okay. You're sneaking in. And then, like, the ultimate weapon is the flashlight. The guys see the flashlight, and they immediately give up. Blow out the candles. Whatever. Yep. (laughs) Sing a song. (laughs) Ain't that a kick in the head? Just goes to show you just how awful the security was, because they were... I mean, honestly, back in the day, they did rely so much more on just, you know, people just know not to rob us because, you know, we're mob affiliated. Sure. And, and they thought and, no one could get through the doors. And plus, it's disorienting in the dark. Mm-hmm. I get it. Plus, they were screen doors. Yes. <laughs> I like this. I think it's through screen. Security was definitely not quite as uh, impressive as it is nowadays. That's for sure. But this plan, this plan was simply just honestly just too simple. <laughs> Kind of yes. Kind it of was felt. basically they can't see you if you're in the dark. Right. But I mean that that's not really the point of this whole movie. The point of the movie, as Josh said, is it's just a movie that's made to be entertaining. You know, it's 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 people. You know, these guys were at the height of their popularity. People wanted to see them in movies. They didn't care necessarily how good the movie was, and they did a little more effort to you know make a, a movie script with this movie than they did with like the Elvis movies. You oh, know, yeah. so you know the fact that they tried it all says something. Well, they just, yeah, I agree with you on that. They just came to see Sinatra and Dino riff off each other and make fun of Sammy. And wouldn't you think that in the casino they would have on the keys it would say do not copy or something? (laughs) 
<laughs> Here's your copy of the key to the, the sands, babe. You know, it's like still not Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure who that is. I, I think that's that a, one that's might have... kind of like a drunk Dennis Miller is what the. <laughs> You're right, it did. <laughs> drunk Dennis Miller. Drunk Dennis Miller, Sonny Bono. Impression. I like yeah. Cesar Romero in this, honestly. I thought he was pretty damn entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I liked all of the characters in general. Like, Except I, for Akeem Tannehoff or whatever his name was. He Spiros. was awful. Yeah. Spiros? Yeah. See, I even like Spiros. He was kind of oh. the comic relief. He was trying yeah. too hard to be the comic relief. He was very, he, he, he was like a, a poor man, zero Mostel. You know, it, I can was, go with that. I thought the same thing. I was always expecting Cesar Romero or Duke Santos to come out wearing the uh, green leotard. <laughs> that would have made the movie for me. Oh, by the way, I did want to go back to the heist thing real quick. I mean, one of the things that made me laugh so much was I know the one guy was having a heart attack while he was robbing, so that's why he was taking his time. But everybody else, like, they just set the flashlight down. They're like, da 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 They're just grabbing, like, one one stack of money and putting it in the bag. Grab yeah. Stack, put it in the bag. Like, don't take your time. You know, don't rush at all. There's no hurry to this. It's not like there's a bunch of people outside waiting uh, to get. They're like, it's, it's time to do a musical number. Hold <laughs> on. I'll be right back. I love money. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of lackadaisical and putting that cash in the bag. Yeah. Oh, and it didn't one. look like that much money in the in the bags that they had. The size, not of them. at all. There's no way that there's millions of dollars in those five no. bags. They're, They're just... all million dollar bills. So that's how. <laughs> oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I know thousand dollar bills were actually technically in circulation at that point, but those bags are not full of thousand dollar bills. They made it out with like fifty six dollars and thirty three cents. <laughs> These are all singles. Yeah, when they go to pay Duke, it's like thirty seven dollars, and you know, he's like, <laughs> "What the hell? <laughs> this won't pay for my bus ticket home." <laughs> I'll tell you. By the end, I was kind of sad for the guys. Well, I, I gotta say though, seriously, going going to Duke real quick. Say, how do you jump? That is a huge, huge leap. You're like, oh, your son, your son's in town. Oh, and his army buddies are in town too. Oh, oh my God! They couldn't possibly just be having a reunion. They have to be the people behind the, the robbing of this of, of Vegas. Right? Case it's, closed. Case it's closed. Unusual Stop to have, calling everybody. Stop looking into everything. I solved it. Boom. Done. It, it, it's unusual to have groups of people coming to town on yeah. vacation. Nobody meets in Vegas for anything. Oh right. wait, there's a knitting circle that's here. That's <laughs> them. Oh, Josh, watch out. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> this guy Snitches was established. Cross stitches. <laughs> This guy was established as being a major player in the criminal underworld. Uh, he He's like, okay, nobody's heard anything. This doesn't make sense. So I can rule out any criminal crews doing this. True. Uh, he had a long conversation about how much guts it takes to be whatever with his future son-in-law. And his son-in-law, who had no real reason to lie to them about where he was going, is mysteriously in Vegas. I mean, it's not that much of a stretch that no, he'll I'm, say. I'm definitely saying, I mean, it could, it could, you know, give you, you know, he, he could give him a hunch or whatever, or he goes, but I mean, just to, to completely cancel everything and be like, no, I have honed in on it. This is what it is. I'm like, boom, done. Like, that was seemed like it was kind of a knee jerk reaction to me, but it also advanced the plot. So I guess. Sure. And it paid off like, for we're him. Watching, we're not watching, you know, we're not trying to watch, you know, Duke be a fucking detective here. It's not a Columbo movie featuring Duke. So. Right. <laughs> And, I mean, he took his shot. He showed up at the spot, said, I know you took the money. And the guys were like, shit, how'd you find out? Yeah. yeah. They gave up the ghost pretty damn quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was kind of playing up a character. Are you a cop? No. I just heard I'm friends with so-and-so and this, that, and the other thing. And are you a cop? No. Because <laughs> if you're a cop, you got to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Because your cup, what I'm about to say is going to be really damaging to my, you know, <laughs> ability to stay out of jail, livelihood outside of jail. Right. No, I'm not a cop. Tell me all your plans. How about how about when he when he mentions he's like, you know, I envy you guys in your youth. Like Cesar Romero was only born eight years before Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like Sinatra's not that much younger than you. It was also really interesting that like one of the themes of our show is like the podcast is about how like we're looking at stuff that was cool in our past. And there were all these lines about the guys talking about how they aren't as young as they used to be and you can't go back and recapture your past. So it's like this is unintentionally a really uh, like appropriate movie for our show. Yeah. Thanks for depressing me, Dick. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? Something I'm amazed by, I had not realized that Henry Silva was that old. I did not realize that he always had a weird-looking face. (laughs) (laughs) He does look like he's wearing a mask, doesn't he? Yeah, he he looks kind of like Rocky Dennis. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, he he does always look like he's wearing a mask. We got to go through some of his catalog, man. In 1994, he played the police chief in Silence of the Hams. (laughs) He he was also in Hard to Kill. Yes. And Ghost Dog. Dick Tracy. Oh, uh, yeah. They yeah. didn't even put him in makeup. <laughs> <laughs> the silence of the hams, baby. <laughs> well, so, a- yeah, speaking speaking of a horrible Sammy Davis Jr. impression, I absolutely hate, 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 hate the EO11 song. And I hate that they kept, like, using the refrain from that all the time throughout the movie. Where it they were, like, I- whistling it to each other? Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, or they would just play it in the background of the soundtrack or whatever. And it's just every single time I'd be like, Ugh. How's that again? Uh, One more time. No, I'm done. Damn it. Meh. <laughs> there you go. Well, and EO11 was a slang from crap games. Yes. Yes. Calling out a hard 11, if I remember right. All right. So we got anything left to say about uh, 1960s Ocean 11? Well, uh, yeah. Take how the- do we all feel about it? Well, I was going to say, just the last thing I want to say about it is take the vote away from women and make slaves out of them. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then at the end, it's like, and suddenly, blackface. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For no reason at all. <laughs> they want, They just wanted to get that one joke in. Yep. <laughs> about how, how long did it take you to get it off? <laughs> I knew this color would come in handy someday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, apparently, that, was, that, was, that was funny. Apparently, yeah. that was a ad lib. And Sammy De- uh, got nothing but shit from Dino and Sinatra for the rest of his life about that. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a little cringy, but I overall, do we want to save the how we felt about both of them for the end of the show? Yeah, let's run. Yeah, yeah let's do that. that. Which is our favorite. All right, want to take a break, guys? Yeah, awesome. yeah, let's do that. Let's break. Say we get into the cage and and through the security doors there, and down the elevator we can't move, and past the guards with the guns. And into the vault we can't open? Without being seen by the cameras. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, say we do all that. Uh, we're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash on us without getting stopped? Yeah. Oh. Hello, we're back. And uh, now we're going to talk about Ocean's Eleven 2001. I peed. In 2001? Uh, I did, actually, in 2001. Yeah, a Space Odyssey. Babe. <laughs> Where are we going with this? I don't know. <laughs> All right. 
That is, and Linda comes to save the day. <laughs> your Linda is a lot better than your Sammy Davis Jr., I'll tell you that. All right. But, but that's that not saying his... much. <laughs> no. So, back in 2011, they decided that uh, they were going to make a remake. One. Ocean's Eleven, 2001. Thank you. <laughs> Dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, only off that's why I, that's I'm, why I keep I'm sorry you to correct you. It was just a decade. Like you remember. Anyway, 2001, uh, they decided to bring Danny Ocean back. And this time, he's going to score the biggest heist in history. He, yes, he combines an 11-member team, including Frank Catton, Rusty Ryan, and Linus Cadwell, their target, the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand. All casinos owned by Terry Benedict. It's not going to be easy as they plan to get in and secretly get out with $163 million. And no novelty maps or cocktail napkins were used or screen doors. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see one screen door in this movie. Or invisible spray paint. There was no singing. So, well, in this for the, one. For the lesser, I mean, minus Sammy Davis Jr. Aw. All right, so we've Shut got... Up, he sucks. <laughs> He's awesome. Stop oh, he it. is not. He's the Candyman, dude. Don't say it two more times. You'll summon him. <laughs> so the cast of the 2001 Ocean's Eleven, we've got George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Don Cheadle, Bernie Mac, Scott Kahn, Casey Affleck, Carl Reiner, Elliot Gould, Eddie Jamison, and Xiaobo, Xiaobo Chin. Did you say Julia Roberts and Andy Garcia? I did not. No, that's okay. I was just going over the, the 11, but yes, Julia Roberts oh. and Andy Garcia. Matt Damon. <laughs> 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 All right, so you know, the, the, in in that movie, by the way, they originally had not planned on making him be dumb, but the the, the puppet they made, they said he looked retarded, so they're like, let's just make him stupid. What in uh, Ocean's Eleven? No, in no. Team America, the Matt yeah. Damon puppet. Yeah. Oh. Like this, the, the puppet came out, and they're like, well, he looks kind of like he's got down, so let's just make him stupid. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> I don't know the way he acted in this one, man. Oh, he was awesome in this. Yeah, what are you talking about? Matt Damon? Yeah. When he went and when he went into the lab after that he was told to sit in the van. Oh, yeah, I thought you were talking about his his acting ability. Oh no, no. His acting ability yeah. was amazing. Yeah, the character did some stupid stuff. Yeah. yeah. Linus yeah. was a dick some I mean not uh dip. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> well, yeah, he well, he got basically annoyed out of the van by Scott Kahn and Yeah, but he should have just Affleck. stood outside the van and waited by the doors or whatever, yes, waited off the side instead of running back inside. Right here, let me be here out there to open the door when you guys get out instead of running into the building and having to smash a chair through a window. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did love that just about everything that went wrong with the plan in this one was just stupid avoidable shit that just kind of came up. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of it was just bad luck, but a lot of it was just like little mistakes that were made. I, I kind of think that they were honing in on something that they said twice in the movie. It's like you lose your concentration for a second and you're screwed. And you kind of saw that happen to almost every one of the characters at one point or another. Yep. Yeah. yeah. At one point or another, everybody dropped it, dropped the ball. Um, I Plausibility on this one? Versus the old, well, are we going to compare it to the old one right off the bat, or are we going to go, th- what do you want to go through a little no, more? No, let's wait till the end. Okay. Out of the 11, who was your favorite? Ooh. Oh. I was not prepared just, for this question. Well, Me I'm just either. saying cause, because, okay, we have the 1960s version, and that was like our parents' group like we have now. I mean, like you've got the George Clooney and the Brad Pitt now. I mean, that that is, it's a very almost, I almost say kind of equal equation to the charm, the charisma of the original group. Between- oh, you know what? I'm I'm ready. I know who I I, okay. I got. A, my favorite is gonna have to be Rusty Brad Pitt. Think so? Fo- followed very 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 closely by Carl Reiner's Saul Bloom. Oh, Saul's awesome. Yeah. Saul is awesome. 
I, I think my favorite is Basher, but Saul is probably my second favorite. Yeah, I I, I think Saul kind of stole the show from everybody, but um, I really love the interplay between Scott Conn and Casey Affleck. I mean, even yeah. more than anybody else, just their interplay. You circus animal. I don't know. Just It all seemed like <laughs> they were old friends. And yeah, you're a good old boy. <laughs> They're brothers in the movie, but yeah. just anytime they came on the screen, I was immediately like, okay, what's going to happen now? And it just, it's hilarious. I liked Elliot Gould, Ruben. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. You're Bobby Caldwell's son. Yeah. Oh, you like Vegas? That's yeah, okay. Good. Get in the goddamn house. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Elliot Gould and everything, really. Yeah. He's he's just carries, I mean, when, when you put him in the same, even with the same screen with Brad Pitt and, and uh, George Clooney, he stole that. He stole that whole poolside scene with yeah. the, with the gold chains and those ridiculous <laughs> glasses and the um the robe that matches his uh, boxer shorts <laughs> and just walking around with it wide open. Yeah. Like. I mean, all he needed was a little Asian boy and some firecrackers. Oh wait, wrong <laughs> I see what you did there. So, but uh, no, George Clooney as Danny Ocean, I think, was a amazingly good choice because that uh, Bruce Willis. Is he was your actually... favorite? Did you pick one? Oh, did I pick? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I said I said uh, Ellie Gould. Gould. Oh, okay, that's right. You did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't in the midst of everything, but just his character and the it, how overly he played it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, but. Um, I think George, like I said, George Clooney was a good choice because they actually, their other choice was um, Bruce Willis. It would have been a different movie. It would have been yeah. a completely different movie. George Clooney's is just smooth enough to rival the idea of Sinatra, I think. Sure. And I like him in this sort of character. One of my favorite Clooney flicks is Out of Sight, and he's oh, pretty yeah. much playing the same character here. I gotta see. And that. just, just not to mention how much the vibe on set would have been completely different with Bruce Willis versus George Clooney. It would have been a total, you know, like they probably wouldn't have ended up with Ocean's Twelve and Ocean's Thirteen, where yeah. Clooney was saying, "Hey, I got a, I got a villa in Italy. Let's go make a movie there." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Question: What if Bruce Willis played the Andy Garcia character? Ooh, that would have uh, been interesting. That would have definitely a different take on the character, but I think he could have done it. He could have done it, but it wouldn't have been. Uh, Andy Garcia in this has got such a Bruce Willis can be scary, but Garcia is like this cold, menace, menacing type personality in the whole thing. Like he's got everything under control. Don't ruffle his feathers or he'll kill you. I mean, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis just seems like the kind of guy who would just beat you up right there. Andy Garcia looks is like the guy who's going to, I'm going to kill you slowly, find your family, kill them slowly, and then totally destroy your reputation for the rest of the world. You know, it's like he doesn't just take it out on you right there. Well, it's, it's like it's like Elliot Gould said, he'll kill you and then he'll get to work on you. <laughs> yeah, so here's some trivia on the, on the show, I mean the movie. Uh, the cast did gamble during off hours, and there's a disagreement about who won the most. Uh, it wasn't Tor- Topher Grace. No. <laughs> All reds. Yeah. It <laughs> was no- a funny poker scene. I know nothing about poker, and I still thought that whole scene was hilarious. <clears throat> but uh, George Clooney says Matt Damon. Damon says Brad Pitt won. Uh, though while they were gambling, Clooney managed to lose 25 hands of blackjack in a row. Jeez. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, he was just screaming, hit me, hit me. He was actually just high out of his mind on coke and wanted someone to punch him. He was just doing his Ike Turner impression. Oh. Or, oh. I'm sorry, Tina Turner impression. Let's see. Was that, was that, was that uh, Sammy Davis Jr. again you just did there? <laughs> no, you crazy cat. 
Uh, oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's the, getting worse. The script was sent to Julia Roberts, and uh, George Clooney attached a $20 bill to it, including a note that said, I hear you're getting 20 a picture now. And it was a joke referencing the fact that Julia Roberts had become the highest paid actress at $20 million per picture. Overrated. She was good in this, though. She uh, was. Okay, if not her, then who? Anybody who cares. If you're going to try to convince me that, you know, oh, this woman is so beautiful, she's worth risking all this, and blah, blah, blah. And all, don't pick Julia Roberts. She's not attractive. Okay, Bruce Willis in the Julia Roberts part. <laughs> <laughs> I like where you're going. That's awesome. Pitch this some more. I want to know about this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, babe. So Kate Beckinsale. Perfect. There you go. Put her in that role. Kate mm. Beckinsale? Yeah, she's 10 times more gorgeous Wait, than Julia Roberts. did Robert. you say Kate Beckinsale? Her too. No, I said Kate Beckinsale. Mm, Beckinsale. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Roberts is not attractive, and I'm tired of everybody talking about how she got she got an alien head. She's got a big forehead, tiny little <laughs> jaws. she got big old teeth. Her nose is too narrow. Her leg, her her. She got skinny ass legs with knobby knees. She's not attractive, and she's did you just annoying. describe Sissy Spacek? <laughs> she is like Sissy Spacek reincarnated. Yes, is Sissy Spacek and, and dead? You can't tell me that Sissy no. Spacek is hot. You know, and and then you're doing the same thing by trying to say that Julia Roberts is hot. I don't I think I've she was ever hot. said. Yes, you are. You are saying it right now with your hot. face. I hear it coming. I, I I hear it in your in the tone of your voice. You, you tried. All right, you can't even see my face. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think she was okay. Like, I'm not a huge fan of her, but <clears throat> eh, she was inoffensive. She's got good in chemistry role. with George Clooney. That's why she, she, sure. could walk, she could walk into a bar and be like the fifth best woman, best good looking woman in a bar. Are you in this bar? Was it a Gen Con? I'm not a woman in the bar, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Would you potentially be a woman in the bar? I could be. For $20, would you be a woman in this bar? <laughs> Wait, are we talking about a movie still? I'm not gay, but $20 is $20. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how this happened. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Again, how did we get here? All right. So some more trivia. Uh, during this several takes, it took to sheet, shoot the scene where... <laughs> or sheet it. You know, whatever. The sheep to sheet. The Swedish chef is here. <laughs> uh, where Rusty and Linus are spying on Tess as she's introduced coming down the stairs. Brad Pitt ate 40 shrimp, getting that one shot done. No, no wonder one, he was taking such small bites. Every no time. one can eat 40 shrimp. <laughs> Funny. And Josh, I put this trivia in here for you that George Clooney had a keg of Guinness installed in his room while they were filming. Nice. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Rusty Shtick is in virtually every single scene. He is eating something. Yes. Yep. I did notice that. He's. It's always something crappy. It's like that. Like when he's picking up uh, Clooney out of prison at the very end. He's got that greasy burger that he can't even finish. That was yeah. pretty funny. Yep. So. Uh, the uh, what you were talking about, Virgil and Turk Joel. Yes. Luke and Owen Wilson were originally uh, set to uh, to play the brothers. I couldn't see it. They're too old at that point. In two thousand one. No, I mean just uh, just trying to picture them in that role. It wouldn't have been right. No, well, they dropped out to do the Royal Tenenbaums. So, which uh-huh. makes more sense, even though I don't like Wes Anderson movies. But I uh, should have got the Wayans brothers. Now that would have been not at all right. Um, <laughs> when I saw the Malloy brothers, I actually kind of thought that they were characters kind of straight out of a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, they could have got the Frog brothers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that wouldn't have worked either. No, probably not. Uh, but yeah, the Doobie I, Brothers. <laughs> it, it's funny when people mention Ocean's Eleven. I kind of have Doctor Joyce Brothers. 
Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you for that. That was not, <laughs> that was not no, worth interrupting. The Smothers Brothers would have made that more was sense. Not, <laughs> that was not at all worth interrupting you, and I apologize. <laughs> anyway, uh, what were we saying? When someone, when someone mentions Ocean's Eleven, I think I have a knee-jerk negative reaction to it. But when I watched it again, I remember that I just really enjoyed this movie. Like, I was smiling and laughing through the whole thing. I'm a fan of heist movies in general, and there are some really good lines, good chemistry. Uh, the script works all the way through. I've never seen any of the sequels, and I don't know why. Like, I, I just like Ocean's Eleven. I've I've seen all of these. I have all of these because I love here. heist movies just as much as you do, Josh. Mm-hmm. And they're just as fun. I mean, granted, yeah, there is a little decline on the whole sequel thing, but they do have that whole feel of a bunch of guys that have known each other forever. I mean, there's a great banter between all of them through the entire thing. You've got Saul, you've got all the different guys, and they all come in reprising the roles. And it's, it's the other ones. Pick them up, man. They're a lot of fun to watch. Even Andy and, and Garcia is back. Their their uh their rapport almost kind of you know not to sound egotistical, but it almost feels like the way we are as a group. As far as like as soon as they see each other, they just pick up right where they were. You know, last time they talked to each. Other. Right. Sure. Oh, good. I'm glad you said that. I thought you were going to start saying that you were George Clooney. Well, I don't I'll say that. Julia Roberts. Loud. I just think it to myself. Yeah. Uh, You're no, I think there, there's one thing in the movie that bothers <clears throat> me, though, timing wise, like plot hole wise, almost. Yes, I Mr. Guess. Columbo. Oh boy. <laughs> Is the whole uh, the intro the introduction of Basher that whole scene? Because if you think about it, like realistically, there's just no way that it could play out the way that they did it. Because when he brings up Basher, they're talking in a restaurant about him, and he's and and he Brad Pitt immediately says, "Oh, that's a problem," insinuating that he's already in trouble. And then suddenly they're at the scene where he's getting arrested. saving him out of the trouble that they're talking about in the restaurant. When he was saying there was an availability issue, it's easy to assume that it's because he's going to be arrested. But I think what he means there is there's an availability issue because he's part of another crew who's pulling jobs right now. Oh, you mean he's locked up with another, and then they find out that he's okay. Yeah, you know, so he was that, okay. I guess that, that that would make more sense. Okay. Yeah, he's turning up basically to see him working with the crew, and happened to really conveniently be there to bail him out, which kind of keys into Basher's line. It's great to be working with proper villains again. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. All right. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. Here's another uh, question for you guys. Which guy do you most identify with? Well, uh, Clooney, obviously. No. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say for you, Joe. Pat. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say Brad Pitt, Rusty Ryan, simply because he's eating all the time. <laughs> uh, you go with Brad Pitt, Josh. What about you, man? I like. I don't know that I'm l- very much like any of these guys in terms of personality, but if I were to say like the role I would take in an imaginary heist. I would probably be pretty close to Carl Reiner's character, like be most comfortable in impersonating another character and doing the con man thing. I could see I, that. I would be living Sindel, but without the smarts. <laughs> so, so just the neurotic mess <laughs> that would be there, like be there to help support it and do it. But I would constantly be worried about it, sweating, having all kinds of issues, <laughs> offering nothing to the plan other than worry. <laughs> right. And occasionally getting a little frustrated at things, but and so yeah, and sometimes going, "Oh, you sure you want to do that?" Oh. Exactly, that would be me. And by the way, Josh, I recommend seeing the other two. If you like the first one, they're they're not as good as the first one, but they're fun. 
and it's it's worth your time. It's good popcorn Saturday afternoon kind I'd of. I'd love to tell you what I don't like about twelve and thirteen at some point, but this is probably not for this podcast. Don't ruin it. Yeah, I guess I'll have to check them out because I do like uh, heist movies in general. And if it's like maybe not as good, but just like more, yeah. okay, that's fine. Get a big bowl of popcorn and get ready. That's pretty much it. Then here's I, my other question. Wait, 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 wait. Do you want to know who I do, who I like see myself? Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, right? sorry, Bernie it's, Mac. You are right. <laughs> Bernie <laughs> Mac is exactly who I was going to say. Guy getting the vans, the guy in the inside, the yep. you know that that sort of uh, playing the guy always getting angry when people call you out on your blackness. Yes, that too. <laughs> yeah, that's you. That was a great scene. That was awesome. That's yeah. <laughs> we have no problem with colored. Oh God. <laughs> that whole. I love it. I love this line. They ought to call it White Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, so go ahead, Josh. What were you saying? Ah, something about Bernie well, I Mac. Was, I was saying. I was oh. saying my other. My other problem, um, like timing-wise, plot-hole-wise with this movie is how in the world did Danny Ocean have enough time to write nice pull Emmett's Pub between the time he saw him jack that and walk through the turnstiles, walked off the platform, walked down the stairs? We've all walked on the Chicago L's. You can't write that neatly on a business card and then slip it into somebody's pocket. That, you know, he had quick. it pre-made. Yeah, he had three cards. Nice pull, terrible pull, and <laughs> get out of my crew. <laughs> And don't come to Emmett's pub. Is the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice ass. Nice ass. <laughs> All right. Made, you know, so that was my other problem. My my issue with the with the movie was the pinch. Why? Okay, so in reading the trivia and just, I mean, you know, you guys know I like tech and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The amount of power going through. I mean, in the, in the first one, they blow up a tower and an amazing 1960s special effects. Yeah, where you could just see it kind of like fall over like slightly in in miniature. Just eh, you, almost, you almost see the hand come from up top and give it a give it help to knock over. <laughs> In the in the sixties one, in this one they're setting off an EMP that's going to black out Las Vegas. Now in the trivia it says the pinches that Basher uses to knock out Las Vegas is based on a, a Z pinch, which creates a, a EMP. At, at the movie departs from science in several ways. First, a real Z pinch is much too large to fit in the back of a van. Second, the pinch can't create energy out of nowhere and would need a power source much greater than Basher's score of power uh, car batteries or anything that would fit inside of a van. And third, even with such a power source, the EMP generated by a real Z pinch is barely powerful enough to knock out an, e- an electronical device across a room. Using current science, the only thing capable of generating a citywide EMP is a genuine nuclear explosion. Hmm. Now, while I think it would have made an interesting turn in the movie, just nuking Las Vegas, but... What? What? Nuking it? Nuking it. Yes. I think he's just been playing too much Fallout New Vegas. I love it. <laughs> I love that game. If they could manage to like set off a non-nuclear nuclear device like right yeah. at the corner of Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard. Now I've got a taste for orange juice. Mm. But that would still knock all the buildings down. Yeah. Orange moose. So, but that's really it. I mean, it, if you if you step into a heist movie, you're going to have to leave a you know good chunk of your brain at the door. True. But this one did a pretty good job of covering most of the bases. It did. I mean, it, it first off, security in this Las Vegas in 2001 Las Vegas is a lot more believable than 1960s Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, their screen doors have laser like. They have reinforced screen doors. Right. Yes. They have two of those little locks on them. <laughs> and that paint doesn't work. It doesn't? No, not not in not New Vegas. 2001. Oh, okay. Nope. No. Because so, everything glows in 2001. Right. And uh, from understanding from what Patrick said about the Godzilla show, this uh, scene of the lights going out in Vegas was a lot more realistic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. 
people lose their shit when whenever there's any kind of power surge. Everybody, you know, because that's like I've said before. That's why all the expensive chips are on the inside. Whenever you go to any blackjack table, any kind of craps table, any kind of casino table, mm-hmm. all the expensive chips are on the inside, and all the dollar chips on the outside. So when people do lose their shit and reach in and try to grab chips, they only get the cheap ones. Mm. I did feel bad for the waitress. They got clotheslined. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. And I laughed. Well, she didn't I want felt- to get clothes on. She shouldn't have dressed that way. Yeah. Aww, oh, Pat. Wow, dude. <laughs> Patrick. What? Aww. We are going to get so much hate mail. I started it by making fun of fat people. No means. <laughs> Rick. There you go, Pat. <laughs> but I am fat people. Ah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I mean, this is honestly, this is one of my most favorite, like, heist con movies out there, this remake. Yeah, it's probably in my top five. Yeah, it's just a really fun movie. And like you said, you know, it's just fun. It's it, you, you sit there, you smile, you laugh while you're watching it. It's a lot, There's a lot of really good lines, really good, you know, witty repartee and such. And mm-hmm. the characters are so well-defined. It, it's just a lot of fun. And the it's very kinetic. It just moves. It doesn't really ever, like slow down it's got right. a good solid pace and the twists are pretty good like the very first time i saw it I, you know the way they explained it at the end when you finally figure out what everything means you're just like oh that was really clever um patrick this one's for you guess who else was chosen was in list to play saul um can i no, guess if he not, doesn't get it yeah yeah if not carl reiner then uh who else would it be i don't know i'm drawing a complete blank uh Joel. jonathan winters Ooh, that'd be weird <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Joel, what about you? I want to guess Don Rickles. Don Rickles is correct. Oh, oh nice. Uh, that, I think, uh, while it would not have... I think I think this, the guy they got to play Saul was great. I think but, they should have got Buddy Hackett. Be- <laughs> see, I was just going to play the odds and guess Alec Baldwin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. All right, so pull the heist, you big dummy. That would have been Don Rickles. Yeah. That was Don Rickles? He's my bastard father, according to Dennis, so... Okay. Okay. Thanks, Joel. Anyway, who was the other person you said? Not Jonathan Winters. Who was the other one? Don Rickles. No, besides Don Rickles. Alan Arkin. And Margaret. Ooh, no. No, Alan Arkin, really. Well, no, I. I, Alan Arkin. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Alan Arkin. It would have been a totally different take. No, I think it still would have been good, though. Oh, yeah, just totally different. I mean, you you remember seeing him in. the in-laws? Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah. I was thinking Little Miss Sunshine, too. Yeah. Again with the fucking chicken? <laughs> uh, so, here's the question now. 2001 or 1960? Ooh. Comparing them pick? against each other? Yeah. You can only have one. I would you definitely go with one. Even though, even though I really enjoyed 1960, it's fun to watch those guys and everything. Just overall, the, the 2001 version is just a better movie. Yeah, I don't think that's that's fair. I mean, I, I 2001 for sure. But I'm with Patrick. Like, I really enjoyed 1960. I, it was an entertaining movie. I thought it was fairly well made. Yeah, I think Joel and I are going to stand on the other island on this one. I'm going to say I'm going to say that after seeing um, uh, what's the other one we watched? Damn it. Ocean's the Eleven. O- Italian Job? No, yeah. After seeing The Italian Job, which I had no desire to see and I really enjoyed, this one, I that, had a really, tough. I had a hard time sitting through it. Like, I did not like this movie. What? I, 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 there was a couple moments where I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's fun. That's neat. It's nice to see them doing their thing. But overall, it, it was kind of painful. And I would have to say the 2001 all the way. Yeah, I go with 2001 for the same reason, Joel. I did not like the 1960s version. I agree with you. It, it was hard. I don't for like me. your face. How do you like them apples? Well, it's a good thing we're doing radio. We're not doing goodwill hunting, Pat. So. Matt Damon. <laughs> 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 you 
No, that's, I just, I, I agree with you. I had a hard time sitting through the first one. I mean, I had to consciously say. It's not cool. Well, and maybe it was because I had heard you guys kind of idly complaining about uh, not being engaged with it. And I'd heard that it was mostly a vehicle for them to screw around and drink with each other. So maybe my expectations were super low, but I really enjoyed it. This is the fourth time I've seen this movie, so I obviously enjoy it. <clears throat> See, crap. I had never seen the 1960s version up till now. We need to talk about the ending. But I have seen I have seen Ocean's Eleven 2001 more than I've seen the, the 1960 version, and I do prefer it. Okay. Endings on these. Which had the better ending? Ooh. I actually, said we're going to talk about it, so. Yeah. I actually prefer the ending for the 1960. Like, I like the ending that they get away with it and all the really clever stuff using the mock vault that they were practicing on to, like, do a double like a double fake out that well, was actually really cool. some, something that i caught in this viewing that i for some reason never caught before was that was the i mean that was obviously the plan from the beginning but they all knew that and everything but it's like they, they give you a hint at it when when they're unloading everything and they're setting up the vault for the very first time um clooney says uh says something or, or no um um, Matt Damon's character, Linus says, Oh, you know, uh, we're building a, a, a mock vault for practice. And Brad Pitt just goes, Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so that was your clue that they were, you know, it was more than just that. Did anybody else pick up on the fact that, and again, I'm going back to the Italian job just because it's very similar timeline and comparison. Um, in the original 60s versions of these films, the bad guys get their comeuppance. In the modern versions, not so much. Sure, the uh, quote-unquote crime doesn't pay is sort of the motto of the 1960s versions of both of these movies. And crime is cool, go ahead and do crime. It's the, uh, <laughs> as long as you can justify it. Yeah, if you're, if you're smart enough and the people that, you know don't deserve to have money, then you can go ahead and take it. Yeah, if you've got the right friends, crime is awesome. <laughs> See, the, the original 60s ending kind of felt like what I would compare to now, like a student film ending. Like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool if all the money like burned up? At the end, in the, co- in the <laughs> casket, and why isn't they, didn't they have the wife in on it? I mean, here's a guy that that died. She could have used the money, obviously. Exactly, yeah. give her the cut so that she sends the damn coffin back, you know, ahead of time, so you don't take that risk. Yeah, it was. It was. They didn't needlessly just let that money go up in flames. Wow, well, so many. There were so many things they could have done to stop that. They were not professional criminals. Yeah. I think that's the takeaway there is that by the time they realize that the money's going to be burned, like they think, okay, it's going to be buried. That's cool. We'll just get it later. It's at least it'll be safe. And then everyone's sitting there is like, what's that noise? <sighs> <laughs> They're cremating the deceased. And yeah, they do the whole they look down the line in the very last. That was like, actually a pretty good scene. I did like that because I mean, it was just like a, a universal shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> we should have thought of that. Huh? Yeah. So, so, yeah. Now, did anybody feel, because I hadn't seen, well, since I hadn't seen the 60s one, but I watched the remake first. Um, and did anybody else feel like the ending of the remake, I thought was like a, like a, a shot for shot retelling of the original ending. So I was really shocked when I saw the ending of the 61, because it felt like an end to a 1960s movie in the remake. Like the, you know, the, the big, sh- the pretty shots of Vegas and them standing in front of the, you know, the, the fountain. It just felt like a 60s ending. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, whoa, that was crazy. It was kind of a cool ending in the second one because it left him open for a sequel. It left him open with they're still being chased down type of thing, but they know it. So it's just kind of like a cat and mouse game where the mouse has a map. For like, or a placemat. Yeah, not a novelty or, one, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I like the ending, on, but I mean, the fact that they got away with it, 
I mean, you go to see a heist movie is to get, go to see him get to, to succeed in the heist. That's the reason you go see a heist movie. That's the reason you want to see a heist movie is because you want to see all this cool stuff actually happen. I think the payoff in the 2001 version was a lot better than even the fact that of Sammy Davis Jr. hiding the uh, cash in the big old can in the okay, trash so, can. Okay, so can I, can I just right now just, just say ha-ha to your face? Because that is the exact same argument that I made in the Italian Job podcast that you got, that you disagreed with me on. You said you liked that ending because sometimes you don't want to see him get away. And I said, no, that's why you watch a heist movie. You want to see him get away with it. You influenced him, Pat. Well, I'm, amazed, I'm amazed he remembers. To be I'm, fair, not the, I'm not quite the idiot you guys <laughs> want me to be. To be fair, that was an argument that uh, Mike agreed with me on, and I have not changed my position. Uh, I still prefer the ending to the 1960s because I think that... Well, how does seeing, it feel to be wrong? Seeing the execution of the job is the most important thing. And in both cases, the job went fine. The getaway was botched. I'll give you, Josh. I agree with you now. Hey, you oh, don't you flip-flop. <laughs> don't you flip-flop, you motherfucker. Uh, Mike the wind sock. Back in my corner. I'm going to start calling you John Kerry. Ooh, that's low. Yeah, that's right. I got political on you. I'm going to start like calling you Kerry Russell. <laughs> I got, 19, I got, I got what, 2000s on you. 2000 general election on you. Boom. I'll start calling you Stephen King's Kerry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Drew All right, Kerry. I'm done. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm going to call you Kerry Underwood. I'm going to call you cash and carry. Where are we going with all this? Uh, we're not going anywhere. So what do we got on tap for next week, gentlemen? Oh. Next week, it's going to be magical. Ah, see the all carry episode. Are you doing a show about Doug Henning? Yes. No. Magic hey. and illusion. We're finally going to talk about Magic the Gathering. Yes. We are. Dun, dun, dun. We, uh, when we were all hanging out together, we got together and recorded us playing Magic. So you got some voice... Uh, Got some uh, comments from us. Learn, relearning, learning for the first time. No, not for the first no, time. No, we all played back in college. Yeah, back in so, 1994. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Catching up on it and that sort of thing. So uh, next week we're going to talk about Magic the Gathering. Nice. Yeah. So uh, if you'd like to get a hold of some of our older shows, you can go to fortygo14 at g or fortygo14.com. <laughs> I'm gonna edit your fucking voice out of this entire show, Pat. <laughs> He can do that. I can. You can also find us at musingsofageek.com. You can always hear us uh, Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio. Or you can download the episodes directly from iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe. Like he said. (laughs) Yay! And if you would like to uh, reach us, you can send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com or give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708 Six six nine nine seven two seven. Somebody changed it and almost Wait, got me. I, you, every time I do that, you read it instead of Mike. Oh, you're not going to get him with that. Oh, boo you. I called in and all I got was carpet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, right. So, And one last reminder, podcastland.com. Go vote for us because we have a podcast. And you Put like it. on our name and for, vote. For every vote... Higher than the second place one, we will send out one more nude photo of Pat. What? No, don't don't <laughs> offer that. Don't offer that. <laughs> For everyone who goes and votes, we will not send you a picture a nude of Pat. Yes, we'll send one less nude right. picture of, of Patrick. Patrick. There you go. There. That's inspiration. Uh, how many how many pictures are out there of me? No, I've only sent out like five dozen. So so you I've know what the folder. limit is. You I sent got... them all to the cloud. Yeah, that was an actual cloud. 
<laughs> tied him to a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> just stood there with a crumpled up piece of paper, all my pictures, just throwing it up in the sky. Good night, Go to the cloud. I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, neither do I. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends. Oh, he's just gone, gone now. He's gone, gone. Yeah, I'm going to try and bring him back here now. <laughs> We're going to have to call him Lazarus for the rest of the show. If you can bring him back. Wait, go? that would make you Jesus. I'm good with that. <laughs> Who else you want? <laughs> Hello? What, what happened? <laughs> hey, it's Lazarus. <laughs> You just disappeared in the middle of the like, sentence, you were man. Right in the middle of saying something, and just oh, he's gone again. Oh. You're like, he's gone again. <laughs> this he's is like, like Nightcrawler. 